Hey everybody, welcome to the Hope Young Adults podcast where we help young adults grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm David Hurst and this episode is all about grace. There are many people who have a hard time accepting God's grace, but the truth is, His grace is what leads us to Him and helps us to live for Him. Mackenzie Kohler talks about how grace is a free gift from God and how we can receive it. This episode comes from our weekly devotional series called The Feed. Hey guys, my name is Mackenzie Kohler, and I don't know how you got here listening or watching this, but I'm so thankful that you're here. And if you don't hear anything else from our time today, I want you to hear the definition of grace. So grace is getting something that we don't deserve. And the reality is that we don't deserve eternity in heaven with God, but he gives it to us anyway. So if you want to stick around, that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get started. Hey God, thank you so much for today. Thank you just for the grace that you freely give us. And God, I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the penalty and the debt that we couldn't pay ourselves. And I just thank you um, that your grace is endless and that we don't do anything to deserve it. So I just pray that you'll open our eyes and our hearts to hear more about who you are um, and more about how much you're pursuing us. In your name we pray, amen. So if you listened to Chase's talk last weekend, he talked about grace and truth, and it was incredible. And if you haven't listened to it, please stop watching this and go back and listen to Chase. But in his talk, he mentioned um, a story that C.S. Lewis was a part of. And C.S. Lewis once said that what separates Christianity from every other religion is that Christianity offers grace. And grace is something that we hear a lot in the South, um, somebody's name, somebody's middle name. Um, but I think if we asked people around us what the definition of grace was, um, I don't know if they could articulate it the way that the Bible tells us. Um, so like I said in the beginning, grace is getting something that we don't deserve. And often another word that's used along with grace is mercy, and mercy is not getting what we do deserve. So in the context of what we're going to be talking about today, Mercy, um, not getting what we deserve. So we deserve hell because of our sin that separated us from God. Like we, des- we deserve to spend eternity in hell, but God shows us mercy and he does not send us to hell. Grace, getting something that we don't deserve. So we don't deserve heaven. We don't deserve a relationship with God, but in God's grace, he gives it to us anyway. So this topic is near and dear to my heart, and I'm so excited to talk about it with you guys today, and that's because I understand how much I need grace every single day, and I've seen the impact um, that God's grace has had in my own life. And just a little bit more about me. Um, So I grew up here. I went to Camel University, played lacrosse there, go Camels. Now I work in sales, and my whole life I've just wanted to be the best at everything. I'm really competitive. Um, I put a lot of worth in my achievements, and I think when I was in college, I would kind of Think of like, God is right here. Like God was really good, um, but Mackenzie was right here. Like I was definitely not God, but not super far off. Like I did good things. I thought I was a good person. And as I went through college, I started to understand like, I am way more sinful than I thought and God is way more holy than I thought. And as I started to understand the depths of my own sin and the heights of God's holiness, this gap in between me and God just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I wanna talk to you guys about grace today because I tried to bridge this gap by myself. I tried to like crawl my way or claw my way back to God 
and it doesn't work. And I tried to do that through achievements. So I wanted to be the best lacrosse player. And then when I was really good, I wanted to be the captain. And then I wanted to be the homecoming queen. And I wanted to have the best job out of college. And I wanted to do all of these things thinking that God would love me more because of my accomplishments. And so you can fill in the blank there with whatever you've used to try and get back to God. So that could be money or success or a relationship or like binge watching a Netflix show, like anything that you thought would make you feel more comfortable um, with your relationship with God. But the truth is that we, we can't bridge this gap. Like we are so sinful and God is so holy that we don't stand a chance of getting back to God on our own. But Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So keep that in your mind as we go through um, this next passage in the Bible that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If you have your Bibles or an app on your phone, we're going to be in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. So we're going to be reading the story of the prodigal son, which is a commonly talked about story in the church. Um, but I pray that today um, God will reveal something new in this story to you. I mean, if you've never heard it before, it's one of my favorite passages in the Bible um, because I think it's one of the best examples of the grace that God provides us. But before I read this story, um, I want you to be thinking about some questions. And these questions are, where do you see yourself? So there's a couple different characters in this story. So which character do you identify most with? And then what do we learn about man? And what do we learn about who God is? So we're in Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 11. It says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So time out, pause. Enter in the story, Jesus starts talking and there's a father and he has two sons. And the younger son says like, dad, I want all of my inheritance now. And so the dad says, okay, he splits up his inheritance and gives the part of the inheritance to his younger son. And he gives the other part to his older son when he split it up. And the younger son, he says, all right, see you. Basically he's saying like, dad, I wish you were dead because I'd rather have my inheritance than have you. And he leaves and he goes off in just wild living. Think um, like some people, the first time they go to college or the first time they experience freedom and they think that they can do all of these things that are gonna um, bring them joy and happiness and satisfaction. But it says that he had spent everything and all of a sudden there was a famine and he finds himself in a tough situation. And he ends up being a servant to a citizen of that country and he's out feeding the pigs and he thinks, man, I wish I could just eat what the pigs are eating. Like he is in that much desperation wanting to eat what the pigs eat. So we pick it up in verse 17. It says, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. So next, uh, hopefully, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but think about a situation where you do something wrong and you have to face your parents or a teacher or a coach and you're like rehearsing your speech. You're like, okay, 
I'm gonna get to them, I'm gonna say, you know, like, I, I, I didn't mean to go to that party. Like, I thought we were going to the movies. I thought we were going to Bible study. I don't know how we ended up here. And you like, start rehearsing your like excuse or your explanation or your justification for your actions. And that's exactly what this younger son was doing. He says, all right, I'm gonna go back to my dad and I'm gonna say like, I've sinned against heaven and against you. Like, I'm not worthy. Like, I just wanna be one of your, one of your servants. So it says, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. You know, if you are someone like me who places a lot of worth in like being a good person or their accomplishments or their success, like when you see somebody that's doing the opposite of that, and you know, I have two older brothers, and if I saw them getting in trouble and my parents found out, part of me was like, yes, I can't, I can't wait for them to like get what they deserve and I can't wait for them to like get punished because they, they, you know, did something bad. Um, and I think part of me reads this story and that's what I'm expecting to happen when the son comes back, like he has his speech prepared and he's, you know, walking up the driveway and part of me is thinking like, wow, the dad is about to reprimand him and he's about to punish him and he's about to get really angry. Um, but instead we see that the father sees him from when he was a long way off. He starts to run, he's filled with compassion and he threw his arms around him and started kissing him. And then the son goes into a speech and he's like, I'm not worthy, like I messed up, I've sinned against heaven and against earth. But the father doesn't even let him finish his excuse. And he says, everyone bring me a robe, bring me the ring, bring me sandals, get the calf, kill it. Like we're having a feast because the son of mine was dead and is alive again. And then we keep reading in the story. And it says, meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he is, has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders that you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours, but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So we think about those three questions I asked, where do you see yourself? So depending on where I'm at in my life, sometimes I see myself as the younger brother where I've run away from God and squandered all the blessings that he's given me. But oftentimes I see myself as the older brother and I look around me and I think like, wow, these people are not deserving of grace. Like, why, why are they getting so much grace all the time and I'm trying to do my best? And then the next question, what do we learn about man? Um, I think that we learn that man is way more prideful than we ever think we are. Um, whether that's the younger brother saying that he would rather have his dad's inheritance um, and running away, or if that's the older brother staying there and trying to do the best, but... Um, but he still was never deserving of inheritance in the first place. And the third question, what do we learn about God? Um, I think we learn that God's grace um, is unconditional and it extends, uh, it extends past any borders or any walls that we've created. Because I think it's really easy for us to read this story and understand who Jesus is and see like, 
yeah, we love to hear about the younger brother getting grace. Like that's the kind of story, like the prostitutes, the drug dealers, like, you know, the corrupt CEOs, like we love to hear about them getting grace because we're like, they need it. But I think it's really hard sometimes for us to accept that the older brother gets grace too. Um, Cause I think one, sometimes it's hard for us to understand that the older brother still needs grace. If we go back to the beginning of the story, Jesus says that the father divided his property between them. Like at the same exact time, the older brother got his inheritance as well. Um, and the older brother didn't do anything to deserve the inheritance, but he still received it anyway because of the father's grace for him. Um, and even more so with the older brother, the father comes back to him. And when the older brother is like complaining to the servants about the party that's going on, the father extends him more grace and says like, yes, you've always been with me. Um, and everything I have is yours. And again, like he doesn't, he doesn't deserve what the father's giving him, but the father gives more grace anyway. Um, so I have a couple questions to wrap this up. Um, and then one more example. I think something that I, again, have had to understand is my need for grace in my own life. And I don't know who said this quote, so if anybody can find it, please give them credit. But it says, till sin be bitter, grace cannot be sweet. And so if we look at the younger brother, like he couldn't understand the grace that his father has given him until he ran away and he had squandered all of his wealth and all of his possessions. And it was when he had acknowledged the bitterness of his own sin and he was sitting there next to the pigs wishing he could eat their food that I think he understood the bitterness of his sin, but also the weight of his own sin. And it was in the reconciliation with his father, he understood the sweetness of the grace that was being offered him. And I think that's what the older brother was missing. The older brother didn't understand the bitterness of his own sin. And that's my challenge to you today. Um, if you're sitting where the, old, or the younger brother is um, and you feel like you've run away from God, um, first, there's nothing that you could ever do that is gonna make God love you any less because the finished work of the cross is that Jesus came and took our place and he only had to do that one time. And he paid for all of our sins. Like Romans 5, 8 says, while we were still sinners, while we were in our sin, Jesus was dying on the cross. So if you feel like you're the younger brother, um, I would just encourage you to pray to God and help or ask him for help in understanding his grace um, and just start reading the Bible and reading every single story um, that takes place in here and, and exemplifies that grace. And if you're the older brother, I would pray potentially a tougher prayer that God will help reveal the bitterness of your own sin in your life. And the tough part about that is that it's going to hurt really bad because when we pray big prayers like that, God wants us to be with him. And sometimes, like that quote says, till sin be bitter, grace cannot be sweet. And the reality is that until we understand the weight and the bitterness of our own sin, we're never going to understand the grace that Jesus offers us. But it's hard because I've been there and I've had to sit in like the messiness and the brokenness of my own sin to understand the true grace of who Jesus is. So to finish, I'm going to read um, a paragraph from this book. It's called How Good is Good Enough by Andy Stanley. And basically the book just talks about how each of us has our own standard of good. And if we think that, you know, especially in the Bible Belt of the South, you'll ask somebody like, how do you get to heaven? And people will say like, oh, you just do your best or like you just be a good person. So this book answers that question of like, well, how good is good enough? Like if you say you just have to be good to go to heaven, what's that standard? And the truth is that God has set the standard, but his standard is perfection. And every single one of us falls short of that. But that's where his grace comes in. Because of Jesus, we still get to go to heaven. 
So this one paragraph in this book says, the God of Christianity never claims to be fair. He goes beyond fair. The Bible teaches that he decided not to give us what we deserve, that's mercy. In addition, God decided to give us exactly what we don't deserve and we call that grace. So is Christianity fair? Absolutely not. But if you take the Bible seriously, the last thing you would want is for God to be fair. And coming full circle back to the C.S. Lewis quote in the beginning, every other religion says that like you need to find your way to God or whatever they call God. And it's by your works and you're responsible for it. And Christianity is the only religion that says if God is on the top of the mountain and every other religion says you have to climb your way up to God, Christianity is the only religion that says God came down off the mountain and he came to us to carry us back up. And that's what grace is, that there isn't anything we could ever do to deserve it. There's nothing we could do to lose grace. Um, and just one more quote to leave you with. Um, somebody said this to me one time and it hit me really hard. And it says that um, our soul was free for the devil to, um, to acquire or to take hold of, and Jesus had to pay a price to get it back. So if you look at your life, like anything that you're doing, like the devil has the freedom to like take hold of you. Um, and then the truth is that we make decisions and we allow the devil to have a stronghold on us, and Jesus came while we were still sinning, and he came to pay the price to get us back, because that's how much he loves us. And that's grace. Um, hopefully you guys learned something or hopefully that just opened your eyes or your heart. But I really encourage you, if you want to talk more about that, um, find somebody at Hope, um, send us a DM, um, and people, we would love to talk about this with you more because it's something that I'm really passionate about because, again, I need a lot of grace. So I'm going to quickly pray and then we'll be done. Hey God, thank you just again that while we were sitting in our sin and while we were the younger brother or the older brother, um, that we were just drowning in the weight of our own sin, that you sent Jesus and Jesus saw us sinning and he said, I still want to pay the price for them and I want to stand in their place, even though he was perfect um, and he didn't need to. God, I thank you that you love us so much that you still chase after us in the midst of our sin. And God, I thank you that when we turn and run to you and try and make excuses or justify our actions, that you don't even need to hear it, that you just welcome us with compassion and with love and with a giant hug. And God, I just pray that for anybody listening to this, um, that they will stop making excuses and they will just turn and run to you. And God, I just thank you for the way that you've worked in our lives, and I pray that you'll continue to do so. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening today. If you're interested in learning more about our ministry, head over to gethope.net slash young adult. And if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe so we can stay connected.